Well, we hosted our first big event at the farm this week, and the first thing we learned is that we can survive it. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of March 14, 2013. It really was good doing our first big event here at the farm. Just knowing we could get through it, I think it, we pulled it off pretty successfully, um, and we'll talk later about the fact that we were not alone in getting that accomplished. We certainly had lots of help. We were doing this with the Alabama Cooperative Extension System. It was a day-long seminar on organic farming, organic gardening. And good growing practices. And we had a nice turnout. Uh, we ended up with about 60 people, including probably six or eight people who were sort of staff, and that left... 50 some odd uh, participants in the workshop. Right. It was it was very well attended. That's right. Um, we're happy that they had such a good turnout because that's always good for the um, ACES system. And we certainly know that people learned a lot from having attended. We'll talk a little bit later about what, what they did. But we planned all along when we volunteered to do this and knowing it would be in March that we would just use our big old screened-in porch, and that's where we'd meet, and we'd set up tables and um, no problems. Right? Wrong. The weather had other ideas. It was cold and windy yesterday. Very uh, that windy. Day. A north-northwest wind blowing on Tuesday, and fortunately, we figured it out a day ahead and were able to make the decision, okay, we don't have a choice. We're going to have to move inside. Yeah, with all the tables, we have um, li those lifetime tables that are eight feet long, they can seat, well, you could cram 10 people per table, but that's the way we arranged these tables end to end. You lost a couple of seats there, plus just the, the sheer space that it took up and bumping into the island. Uh, basically, we could seat about 51 people at, around tables and chairs, and the others had to sit in combinations of sofas or um, a chair here and there, <laughs> um, but, or stand up. Or stand, well, I don't think we ask any participant to stand up. No, no participants, no. but a couple of the staff people like you, I and think I you chose ended up standing. To, but, but those of us who did that chose to do that. So I think it, it was fine. And, um, and we certainly could have moved enough chairs in there for everybody else. But, um, it was, it was, uh, we were certainly, um, intimate with each other. We knew each other well by the end of the <laughs> sitting that close. But we talked to a couple of people um, who attended and they said they really didn't feel too cramped or crowded. Um, most seminars that you go to, you have tables and chairs. You expect to be sitting pretty close to somebody else with your little folder. And so, you know, it worked out fine. One disappointment for me was that we were not able to use the wood stove to heat the room uh, the main problem was that the chairs of necessity were packed right up against the uh, wood stove. So uh, even if you were not worried that the wood stove might be damaging to a chair, the person sitting in the chair would be just way too it warm. Would be pretty... So we had no choice. We had to do away with the wood stove and turn on the heat pump. Um, the good news there is that uh, we learned that in a, on a sunny day like that, with a room full of people, 
the heat pump really didn't have to work very hard. No. In fact, you know, you can hear them turning on and off. And after about 9.30 or 10 in the morning, I didn't hear it cut, cut back on at all. We had it set about, oh, mid-60s or so, and it just, it was not a, an issue. So Actually, um, then, you told me to set it at 70. Did you turn I it back down? I turned it down. Okay. Yeah. And and what's interesting, too, is that later in the day, things warmed up, the the wind died down a little bit, and people began to venture outside, and we had part of the, the closing part of the program outdoors. But so, you know, it worked out well, but it was it was kind of nice to see that it could heat up on its own without the use even of the wood stove. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get that daily uh, report from Central Alabama Electric Co-op telling me exactly how much power we got, uh, how much power we used day by day. And the uh, power usage on Tuesday was not frightening. It was a little higher than usual, yeah. but not dramatically so. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is... It just, not only did we already get it a little bit warmed up with the heat pump, but the passive solar took over because it was a sunny day. And you could just see the sun streaming in on people. And at one point, I well, I was in and out a lot because I had various hostessing activities to do. Uh, We served some of the food out on the screen porch and that kind of thing. And every time I came in that room, I thought, man, it's warm. It's too hot. But... Everybody else seemed fine. Because so, they were sitting and they were stationary while you were up and moving around. Yeah. So I think temperature-wise, we got away with it. It was comfortable. Um, and so that in that way, it was a, a success. But let's talk a little bit about what we was actually covered in the seminar. Why did we have this? Yeah, program-wise, we had a last-minute uh, change forced on us. One of our speakers had a family emergency, was unable to join us, so we had to adjust the program at the last minute. I say we, you and I really didn't have responsibility for right. much of the program at all. We were not in charge of programming. Uh, the That's program correct. was uh, under the leadership of our beloved extension agent, Mallory Kelly, and she uh, was able to weave and bob there and uh, put everything together so that it worked very smoothly, I thought. Yes, and and she and Chip East put their heads together. Chip is um, also an extension agent with commercial, more dealing with commercial agriculture. And um, I don't think the participants uh, regretted it at all. I think they were just fine with the speakers that were available. But we ended up hearing more from... Dr. Ayanava, who spoke more, spoke for a longer period of time than he, than had he planned. would normally uh, do, but he had plenty to say, so had, the group oh, enjoyed yes. hearing. He was able to cover some, at least some of the kind of information they would have gotten, uh, we think, from the other speaker. And he's, he's knowledgeable, he's apparently a very experienced speaker who um, adapts easily, and he's funny. He's just got the best presentation style. So we really enjoyed hearing him, and I could tell the other participants did too. So we talked a little bit about organic certification, about organic pest control and organic weed control. We had a nice talk on cover crops in the afternoon from a fellow we have uh, gotten to know by email but had not had a chance right. to meet. It's Dr. Ed- Edzard Van Santen. He teaches at Auburn and um, is an expert, absolute expert on cover crops. And at our request, uh, Mallory included uh, Edzard on the program, and we're really glad she did. We think he did a great job, and 
we learned a lot, and it was just wonderful for us, a, a point of personal privilege to have a chance to meet Edsard and get to know him better. And apparently um, he had some, well, we can go into it later, but he, one thing he did give everybody at the seminar, which I thought were useful, I had already, I guess, been to some other presentation where we had a few of these, just individual cards that describe each type, I guess, main type of cover crop. That's right. And um, their advantages, disadvantages, what, what they do a good job of doing for your soil, whether it's adding nutrients or weed control or when to plant, when to plant it. That's right. Very useful information that people could take home with them. And uh, Chip and Mallory talked a good bit about drip irrigation, and they presented uh, quite a bit of useful information about soil testing. Right. So um, I, I thought it was a, a good day. And then for us, um, lots of interesting developments about the farm and about how people respond to it and so forth. Yeah, like we were surprised at a couple of things that there were lots of questions and lots of interest in. For example, we have a storm shelter. There was a lot of interest in that. Yeah, nearly everybody who had the chance to see the storm shelter wanted to go see it, so... Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. And and also, and, well, and we're using it as a root cellar as well. I was going to say, so. they knew that we were going to use it to store food as well. And then the seed starting. I have a few seedling trays in, and as we've talked about in the previous weeks, and they were interested in how we do that. And they came to see um, how my little guys are getting along in there. <laughs> yes, and uh, just an accident of the way it worked out, I ended up being the one who showed them the seed starting uh, apparatus, even though you probably are more intimate with it than I. But you were busy down on Veg Hill demonstrating what was going on down there. And um, I think you and Edzard were able to uh, show them what the roots of the lupin look yes. like which is always fun it, there's nothing like you, you can talk about cover crops but until you see them in action they could see how thickly they were planted how they did suppress the weeds and you're right he pulled out a lupin plant and showed them the nodules on the base of the plant and um, they could see what it you know the way it's supposed to look when it's planted so um, and we talked about challenges that I would face as far as terminating it. It was just useful. Chip East went down and actually demonstrated drip irrigation. And for uh, that, that was another subject that there was a lot of interest in, um, how to do it. Some people already had systems and they shared knowledge with each other. And then, of course, I, I had a couple of questions about our system, the way it's installed. So um, hopefully we, you know, we've turned some people on to drip irrigation. And, and that's another one of those accidents. I, I'm probably more intimate with the drip irrigation than you are, but you ended up being the one who talked about it. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, you know a great deal about drip irrigation, and I know some things about seed starting, well, so we've managed to get through it. Well, luckily, Chip talked about it more. I, but I did try to entertain questions from people who wanted to know about our system. Right. That's at, not to put myself as any kind of expert because you are the one who's who's installed all of that. And um, we've had several people who came to the seminar who now want to bring back, they, they want to come back and bring with them someone else to see what we were doing right. here and so forth, yeah. which is fun for us. We look forward yeah. to those visits. And, and people who just didn't get to see everything they wanted to because they had to leave early, they had an appointment right after, they didn't get to do some of the walking around and seeing the actual farm that they had cared to. So uh, we've 
issued an open invitation to those folks to come back whenever. And it's probably as good a time as any for us to issue an open invitation to those of you who are listening. If you ever want to come and see what we're doing here, just give us a call or send us an email. You know how to get in touch with us on the website, longleafbreeze.com. And um, chances are we'll be able to work out a time when you can come here and we'll show you what we're doing and all the things we think we did right and all the things we think we did wrong. (laughs) That's right. And it's a continuing process. Well, let's talk about what we learned from hosting this ACES seminar. Great idea. I think the first thing we've learned is that we just would not have been able to bring this off without an awful lot of help from people. And we got an awful lot of help from people. More than we could have asked for, really. because Starting with Mallory, of course. Yes. Mallory was there helping us set, well, she did a lot of the food shopping, most of the food shopping. She did, um, well, I guess all the food shopping, and we just supplemented with little tiny things. And then she, um, of course, had the great idea about how to set it up, and she came the day before, helped with all of that. And then um, we had several people, Master Gardener friends, who helped set up, they helped during the process with handouts or whatever, and they helped clean up. So they were just jewels. And then we had, um, you know, just somebody help with parking. I mean, just anything you can imagine, really. Um, Just one word of affirmation, I guess, about the Central Alabama Master Gardeners Association, the, the, the chapter of which we are a part. These are just top flight folks. And when they say they'll be there at 8 a.m., they're there at 7.58 ready to work. Mm -hmm. They stay until the job is done. They're cheerful. They're competent. Um, They're focused on getting the task done, but also having fun doing it. It it just made it a very pleasant day to have such wonderful help from all our friends. Amen. Uh, You said it. It, it. It's just exactly right. So... Um, if you, as lis- a listener, are thinking about you maybe at some point wanted to be a master gardener, we'll put our plug in again. You meet the best people that way, so uh, we hope that you will follow your dream maybe and <laughs> find out about becoming a master gardener. Okay, so some other things we learned. Uh, we ended up parking 36 cars, and I was able to determine that we probably would reach the limit at about 40. Yeah, and that's another comment I'd like to make to just echo how helpful people are. The participants, many of them were master gardeners in our group. And Good we had, point. We had requested that they carpool because we knew parking would be limited. Because in case and our, they did. Exactly. In case the listeners are doing some math and were saying, okay, you said you had 60 people there and you had 36 cars. How can that be? Because they did what we asked and they carpooled. Um, and I didn't, I, when, I, when I found that out, that they were carpooling, I wasn't too nervous about it, but we really had never tried to park 36 cars. That's right. <laughs> we had talked about it, and we had said, okay, you could t- park about this many there and about this many there. And, it, you know, I had sort of worked it out where we ought to be able to park about 38 cars. And, you know, now that we've done it, I, I, I'd say we could probably park 40 or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also learned that, about 60 is the max for people in the gathering room. Yeah, and and you we could have crammed more in if we hadn't had the tables, but we've already talked about why we were glad we had the tables. There's the expectation at a seminar like that that you have tables, and one reason for that is 
coffee. Everybody had to have their morning coffee. I made a (laughs) 55-cup, one of those big urns full of coffee. They drained that. Thank you, Mama. I know. We, my we mother got gave me a big yes. coffee pot from your mama, and it sure was handy. Yeah, it came in handy. But you, so you got to have a p- place to put your morning cup of joe or your water bottle, whatever you bring in. You've got books. You know, they got a, everybody got all these materials and folders that spread out. And then when it was time for lunch, many of them chose to stay in to bring their lunch back inside and eat that at the table. So the tables really were, ne- were uh, needed. Um, and when you've got tables and chairs, I, I agree with you, 60 people is definitely the max. <laughs> uh, the outdoor fireplace on a cold, breezy day like that was a really popular place to gather. Yeah, People uh, stood around it. They sat around it. It was a, a real focal point for conversation, and that was just real welcome for us. We were delighted to see that work. And it validated our decision, if you remember, to move the outdoor fireplace. Well, we didn't physically move it, but we should just say we We, had originally planned to put it in sort of a southeastern corner of the uh, mm -hmm. screened in porch. That's right. So you could be looking at the fireplace and then look past the fireplace at the beautiful view of the valley. Oh, what a nice idea. The problem would have been that people enjoying the fireplace would have been out in the wind. Yes. This way, there's a little kind of a... um, corner because we have closets installed that sort of jut out that blocked off that north wind so and and in that in that little northwest corner that's where the fireplace is so you could stand there sheltered from the wind and and warm your backside by the fire (laughs) yeah it's just a a real it was was a neat place to be so that worked out real well Um, we already talked about the heat pump we don't need to go back into that uh, you know, we did have a chance, Edzard and I had a chance to talk some about our orchard floor. And uh, with his help, I think we've pretty much settled on a strategy for our orchard floor turf what, management. What will you plan to plant there? Well, uh, the plan now is to seed crimson clover next fall so that we have crimson clover grow over the winter. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably seed it the following fall. And he believes, and I bet he's right, that two good years of uh, seeding crimson clover should be enough to develop a stand that will not need to be reseeded. It reseeds. It will that. seed itself. Okay, okay well, good. Um, and we think that'll be a good way to uh, uh, set some mm-hmm. nitrogen over the winter, as well as to keep the chickens happy. So. Right, our future chickens, our, our little brood that will be joining us at some point in the future. Another thing we learned was really something we suspected all along, which is if you've got a big group like that, you'd much rather have it on your screened porch if you've got a large or any kind of an outdoor area. That's right. And we were careful to design that screen porch in a really big way. It's a great big space and a nice place to gather, and it would have been... Uh, more suitable for a group that size. But you don't always have the luxury of hosting something or planning an event, number one, when it's warm, or number two, when it's not blowing rain. You know, you just, weather is weather, and you can't really predict it. So we need, we're need we glad to have a, enough of a space that we can have an indoor activity, but I still say I, I like the idea of entertaining outside as much as 
often as I can. As do I. One thing that I reflected on yesterday, uh, on Tuesday, as we were uh, making this happen, we did not need any amplification for the speakers in the gathering room. Everybody was able to hear okay. Um, however, I fear that if we moved onto the screen porch, we might need to boost the speaker's volume a little bit. We might need to get a little PA system of some kind because, you know, once you get outside, you don't have the, the, the sound is not trapped the way it is in that gathering room. Plus you have some, a little bit of road noise, a little bit of, um, you know, airplanes flying overhead, a little out, you know, a little wildlife noise here and there. So I'm, I'm guessing that if we were to have an event like that in the future, we would need to build in a plan of some kind of PA system. So it's good that we had a, a dry run, so to speak, with it and trying it inside, but knowing that, oh, before we have an outdoor really important event, we might need to add just what you said so that we had a chance to really think that through because we hadn't until yesterday. That's right. Um, or day before yesterday. So, um, well, it's been great visiting with you this week, and we hope you have a good one and look forward to catching up with you next time. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.